Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we are talking about dinosaurs. But I cannot talk about dinosaurs by myself, even though I am somewhat familiar with them as a concept and as an animal and as an extinct uh, group of beings. So I brought in a couple of dinosaur experts to uh, join me for the episode. Everyone say hello to Trish and Talcott. They are cartoonists who love dinosaurs. And so we're going to come at this from a dinosaur and cartooning angle because that's what this book is. A bunch of cartoons about dinosaurs. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Well, thanks for uh, joining me uh, to talk about today's book, which is, I guess I didn't mention it, it is 1984's uh, mini storybook, The Berenstain Bears and the Dinosaurs. It's very short and packed with stuff to talk about. Oh, is it ever. This book. Let's talk about this book. (sighs) You uh, messaged Talcott and I on Twitter and said, do, have we, do we remember this book? Have we ever read it? And I thought, ooh, it kind of sounds familiar. I looked it up on Amazon, I saw the cover, I said, I need this in my life. And what was it about the cover that I uh, grabbed you guys? May I describe this cover in detail? I would love for you to describe this cover. So it's, it's a mini storybook, which is to say it's tiny. If you were mm-hmm. an American black bear, this book would just about fit inside your front paw print it, it's yeah it's, it's about five inches five and a half inches on its longest side and it's very skinny as well it's about eight pages stapled together i was actually using it as a bookmark for a bigger book that i i literally did the exact same thing ah, I... in the lower left hand corner which is the focal point we see brother bear and he's playing with his dinosaur toys. And he's really getting into it. He's loving it. The only thing I can compare him to is the first episode of Firefly and Wash playing with his dinosaur toys. Oh, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. He's using his imagination. He's having a grand old time. We can tell that he is engaging in creative exploratory play because what is Brother Bear surrounded by? He's got all kinds of cool toys and books. He's got cool toys and books that some of them he's made himself. He's got right, an easel. Right. He's painted pictures of dinosaurs. There are some already tacked to the wall. There's a dinosaur that he's made out of modeling clay. He's put together. It almost looks like one of those old balsa wood dinosaur skeletons. He's got a box in the mm-hmm. back labeled dinosaur kit. I would love to know what it is inside that. He, he's got all kinds of cool di- dinosaur toys. 
the dinosaurs are not very accurate, but... Well, it sounds like a little boy playing with something he loves, obviously. Oh, that's, yes, it is. That's something amazing he, he, and wonderful. It is. And in the background, we see the rest of the bear family. And they must be so excited that this little boy is, is passionate about one of the sciences. I can very much say that this is not their reaction. Yeah. They are so upset. Sister Bear it looks very annoyed. Oh my gosh, I can't believe my brother is playing with these big dead lizard things that I don't understand. Papa looks utterly perplexed. Oh, I don't understand why my son loves these big dead lizard things that I don't understand. And then there's Mama. Hands on hips. Oh my gosh. Dear listeners, did you think the mama bear in The Revenant looked angry? Because that is nothing compared to mama bear in this book. Oh, if you saw this expression of a bear in real life, you're going to get eviscerated. She's so angry. Well, from the from the from the cover of this book, it would lead us to believe this is a book about people who aren't happy with their child developing a love of dinosaurs but that couldn't possibly be right when i saw this and i saw the look on mama bear i had a very strong feeling i don't think this book is about dinosaurs at all <laughs> and what did you think when you first saw it talcott my reaction on these is usually weirdly the same as brother bears i didn't notice how angry everyone was until later <laughs> i just wanted to play with the dinosaur toys also, I really, really love the only happy thing on this entire cover is the dinosaur he painted. He painted an amazing dinosaur. There's right behind him. There's an easel with a kind of Pixar-esque dinosaur. Yeah, it's adorable. I was going to say Barney-esque. Yeah, Barney-esque is probably better. Whatever it is, he wants to give you a big hug. Now, you guys wrote to me like once you were once you decided to come on board, you started looking into the. Uh, into the history of uh, Stan and Jan's experience with this very uh, this very scenario. Yeah, when you had sent me a message mentioning the book, I didn't have a copy, but I have a book that collects a bunch of Stan and Jan's old newspaper comics. And by chance, there's a spread in there of about seven strips, little single panel, basically family circus. Um, and... It's the entire plot of this book. Yeah, this was an old series they did for uh, for for Collier's, I believe. Um, was it McCall's? McCall's, and uh, yeah, it was called uh, "It's All in the Family," and uh, it was just sort of like snippets from life. Yeah, like you said, like like family circus, just like the the foibles of a family just living in this modern world. It has a very New Yorker feel to me. Mm -hmm, yeah, they were they were your 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 typical hip modern magazine cartoonists. And you guys sent me a shot of this. Now I have this book. I hadn't actually picked it up in a while, and I was stunned by the revelation of these pages. Because we were talking about it a little bit on Twitter and I didn't have the dinosaur book and I figured I didn't have much to contribute. So eh, I wonder if there's any dinosaur strips. Having no idea it would actually echo this book, but it was just, mm. I wonder if they have any strips about dinosaurs in this collection. And I didn't realize I was stumbling on the entire, basically the entire history of where this book came from. Right, right. The entire plot of the book is laid out in their old strips. And it's interesting because it is, you know, definitely Mike as the kid in there, because these were, you know, these old strips weren't the bears. It was 
I don't know if all of them were autobio, but these were definitely autobio comics. Yeah, these were definitely based on their real experiences, so. Yeah, and so, you know, you have the basic plot of the book, which is, you know, the son getting very, very into dinosaurs and how terrible that is for the whole family. Yeah, that's basically what this book is. It's so weird. So it starts off by talking about how Brother Bear really likes to read and how that's kind of an entryway into an interest in dinosaurs. Like he he explores the library and he finds books about dinosaurs, which is kind of how a lot of us got our start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With dinosaurs. Uh, this librarian, she she's not Mrs. Honeybear, I don't think. No, this is a different. I think he, it, it almost looks like he's in the adult section. Like, those are some pretty hefty books on the shelf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember my library growing up, the dinosaur books were in the adult science section. Yeah, yeah. Like, unless you wanted just a picture book. Mm-hmm. But anything anything with a skeleton in it would be in right. basically the adult section. No, growing up, uh, there was uh, a kid who lived across the street who was kind of our entryway into dinosaur knowledge. He always had all the new dinosaur models. And his parents would buy him these massive, like, thick, like, couple-inch thick books on dinosaurs. These big hardback books. Just with hundreds of pages about dinosaurs. Like, well beyond our ability to comprehend what they were talking about. But we would just pour over these things and all their now-dated now illustrations. Uh, my local children's library had... I, I was lucky. I had a, They had a huge uh, animal nature section with a very substantial collection of dinosaur picture books uh and then i went into the adult section as a preteen i want to say and uh after having not really read about dinosaurs in a while picked up this little book called the dinosaur heresies and that was it that was it uh guess what other guess what animals i was really studying up on just prior to this by coincidence birds Birds are dinosaurs in the same sense that whales are mammals. In what sense is that? They are a specific biological group within the larger biological group of dinosauria. Nice. Which is information you are not going to get in the book that we are talking about now. (laughs) In this book, if you are big, dead, and vaguely dragon-y (laughs) lizard-like... You qualify. You're a dinosaur. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think they actually name as many non-dinosaurs as they do dinosaurs. Well, I think they name more. Well, the first that we get named is you see brother I looking at a track. book on dinosaurs, and uh, the first three dinosaurs you're introduced to are the Tyrannosaurus, the Stegosaurus, and the Mosasaurus. Everybody's favorite. And I was like, that's an interesting grouping. And I'm wondering oh, if that's yeah. autobiographical at all. Like, maybe Mike Berenstain was really obsessed with the Mosasaurus. It's weird because I don't remember Mosasaurus being that popular until yeah. the 90s. Like, it was always, like, Plesiosaurs or Ichthyosaurus. They're going to go with, and by the way, none of those are dinosaurs, right. but <laughs> a marine reptile. Mesozoic marine creatures. I like it. Uh, my, my homeboy, Chronosaurus. Mm-hmm. With a yeah. Big- fake plaster skull in the Art Museum of Natural History. Uh, my favorite line in this page spread, he liked their long, ferocious teeth yes. and their long, ferocious names. There are not going to be any gentle dinosaurs <laughs> in this book. When I was around Brother Bear's age, I think that 
the findings from Egg Mountain had just come out and Mayasora was becoming popular. Mm. And I loved her because guess what? A dinosaur for girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I, 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 yeah. I would love to be exaggerating here. By the way, boy, does it ever bother me that it's always the little bo- the little boy who's super into dinosaurs and the sister eh, I can't believe my brother likes this thing that I don't understand sister bear is always sister bear is always going to have the valuable accent for me I don't know why in later books he has to he has to bargain with her at sometimes to play dinosaurs with her him he's like I'll do this if you play dinosaurs with me and she's like fine uh, I didn't realize so the dinosaur thing is ongoing. It does extend beyond that. somewhat. Yeah, yeah. His his dinosaur models come up now and then. Like they they they, they are kind of the go to brothers stuff is all over the place gag. Like it's always his dinosaur models. He's left them all over the floor again. Oh, that's a cute touch. Uh, another cute touch in this in this uh, illustration, which I must I must say is very very nice. I don't think I could draw. I don't think I, if I applied myself, could draw something that's this uh, engaging and easy to read. Tiny, tiny print. Oh, the book Dinosaurs is by Stan Dan and Jan, Jan Berenstain. I hadn't even yeah. noticed that. Well, they did. Uh, huh. The Berenstains have a history with dinosaurs. There is a which makes the meta inclusion of this book kind of interesting. Yeah, because it, it it brings up so many questions right, right. Oh, yeah. about the metaphysical space of. Berenstein land. Right, because oh now God. we're suddenly dropped into the notion that Stan and Jan Berenstain exist within yes. the world of the Berenstain Bears. Uh, let, let's save all all Dreamland speculation until the end. I don't think this is, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think this is a Dreamland book. Right, because if we turn the page, we get to see some actual quote-unquote oh, yeah. dinosaurs. We get to see Brother Bear's actual dream space. Yes. He's imagining the classic Fantasia scenario of poor poor stegosaurus having to defend himself against some big toothy thing although yep. stegosaurus is also big and toothy oh it's very toothy everything is big and toothy in this yeah that that is a very 50s looking tyrannosaurus yeah it kind of looks like it's casting a spell on the stegosaurus <laughs> <laughs> but you can imagine that this is probably like what these creatures are like in the mind of a child it feels like the creatures in the mind of a parent imagining the mind of a child. Mind of a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, it, oh, yes. it might be the creatures in the mind of a filmmaker in the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the creatures in the mind of a concerned parent whose only knowledge of dinosaurs comes from the films of the 30s and the 50s. And not, not that they're... Not that those movies aren't kind of awesome. Um, oh, in fact, awesome. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to... On the next page, make an allusion to one of them. Uh, that is absolutely the quote-unquote fossil dinosaur from Beast Fr- Ray Harryhausen's Beast from a Thousand Fathoms in the background of the Bear Country Museum. Now, do you think the beasts in the Bear Country Museum could have simply been put together wrong? I think if you're the kind of person who is hired to put together a life-size model of a dinosaur skeleton, uh, you have to know your anatomy well in the past there there has been a book that dealt somewhat with dinosaurs that i covered before somewhat it was the berenstain bears and the missing dinosaur bone 
in which we learn that the only employee of the Bear Country Museum is Actual Factual Bear. And mad props to Actual Factual for being able to have three popular life-size dinosaur skeletons. But we don't know where he got these. For all we know, he could have assembled, like, created them himself from, from dreams and plaster. Yeah, actually, the white coloration, I think plaster might be more likely. Like, this, for all these bears are going to learn about science in the, in the course of these books comes from one guy. And the only reason that they believe everything he says is because he claims to know more about science than any of them. Huh. I never took that into consideration. So this could be a scam per- perpetrated by the one guy running a museum. <laughs> but, but Brother has all the books from the library, so maybe he's the one who can finally foil the scheme. Oh, right, right. That's why he spends so much time in the in the museum. He's like, wait a minute. These bones aren't connecting correctly at all. When we got to this page, I had the briefest, briefest moment where I thought, ooh, this could end with actual factual coming in and saying, no, it's okay that Brother Bear likes dinosaurs, because you know why? That is a gateway to the whole of nature, the whole of science. He's going to learn so many cool things, and I can emphatically say that that is not how the book ends. <laughs> that is not how the book ends. So what do we think of what do we think of these dinosaur skeletons on this page? Ribs do not do that. <laughs> Last time I saw ribs doing that on an animal, it uh, ended in tragedy. I'm I'm just amazed and baffled and curious about the thing on the left. Oh yeah. Yeah. That it's seems like a tyrannosaurus or some kind of theropod head mm-hmm. on a sauropod body. Yeah. And, not really, because it almost looks like it has four hind legs. It's got and hands. Those aren't even bony hands. Those are, again, the creepy people hands. <laughs> Just gloves. Leading me to believe, again, that these skeletons are probably assembled from, like, auto parts that actual factual dragged into the museum. Is that supposed to be a triceratops in the middle? Um, yeah. Definitely, because it has the horns and the frill. And that... If it has the horns and the frill, it's a triceratops. It only has three legs, and it doesn't have any hips. <laughs> well, don't you know that that your legs just attach to your spine? To your snake tail? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a snake body with three legs, two in the front, one in the middle of the rear of the tail. Because there's, there's no other leg back there. I didn't even notice that. Oh, my gosh. Of course, yeah. the perspective's kind of weird on this picture anyway. That, yes. Why does that get a pedestal, but the beast on the left, whatever that is, is just literally on the ground, too? I'm going to guess because the illustrator couldn't figure out how to get the Triceratops higher than Brother, and he'd already added <laughs> enough joints to the legs. He couldn't add any more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I have never done that. <laughs> I'm gonna guess he. I'm gonna guess they drew in the skull first, and we're just like, oh, we, we're gonna have to throw a pedestal under this guy. Yeah, I kind of. I have to say, I really like the shoulder bones on it. If anything, I would expect those to be missing and there to be hips. But now, do you see the? Uh, do you see the guy on the right? Yep. What's that little shape in the between his front legs? That little like square donut shape. I'm gonna say that that's. Probably an attempt at a sternum, if sauropods even have a sternum. It's either that or it's, um, oh shoot, what were the name? Those action figures from the 80s, little animals with a color change sticker on their chest. <laughs> I, hmm. I 
Like, it just looks like that's where you put the emblem on the toy. Right, right. You rub it, and you know if it's a good guy or a bad guy. Exactly. Oh, 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 Battle Beasts. Yes. Collectible creatures that battle for fun. So Actual Factual has put a Battle Beast skeleton in the Fair Country Museum. I mean, if you're the only one who runs it, why not? (laughs) Right, right. They're going to believe you. And now I long for... Uh, anthropomorphic dinosaurs and battle beasts. Yeah, I would buy every one of those. One thing I need to point out, in the foreground is the rest of the bear family, and they're totally okay with this. Well, yeah, right now it's just this budding interest. He doesn't even own anything dinosaur-related at this point. But... Uh, On the way home, they stopped at a hobby store, and Brother bought a dinosaur skeleton kit and some dinosaur models with money that he had been saving up. That's an interesting point. He is using his own money. He's using his own money. His parents are not enablers here. Yep. So this is all him. I'm going to say he's a pretty responsible kid. Like, you know, he's not blowing his money. He's using it on stuff he's interested in. He's obviously saved up quite a bit because he's buying a ton of stuff. Yeah. Like, even back in the 1980s, dinosaur kits weren't cheap. Like, hobby store? You're not even buying these from, like, you know, like the department store. This is a hobby store. It's going to charge like top dollar. You know, there, there's no way that Tyrannosaurus is less than forty, fifty dollars oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. If it is indeed a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> think well, about the yeah. modern equivalent of that of that Tyrannosaurus model. That'd be like, oh, geez, sideshow collectibles probably or something like that. Going for a hundred dollars. Even though it looks kind of like some sort of chicken snake dragon. There's a pterodactyl hanging from the ceiling. There's a Dimetrodon over on the left. Again, not those aren't dinosaurs, right? No. Yeah, the, the Demetrodon's more closely related to Brother Bear than the dinosaurs. Yeah, he, he is a fellow Cynapsid. <laughs> I knew that from I, my friend who had all the dinosaur stuff growing up had a couple of LPs called Our Dinosaur Friends. And it was just a number of songs about dinosaurs, two LPs, and one was about Demetrodon. And the opening lyrics, I'll never forget that. I don't remember how the rest of the song goes, but the opening lyrics were, My name is Donna Demetrodon. I am not a dinosaur. Did that... Did that LP have the Stegosaurus song that sounds like a funeral dirge? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I we I never heard the Demetrodon one, but I grew up with that Stegosaurus song. That somehow. Stegosaurus song is amazing. Did it include lyrics about how the Stegosaurus is sad because, quote, I'm built together wrong. Yep. <laughs> oh, my, guys. Yeah. Guys, something incredible is happening right now. What? <laughs> Where we all helped each other remember this 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 one thing. But then in the next page, things immediately start going south for the bear family. Like immediately, uh, brother is more interested in playing with his toys than putting together the models. Uh, he seems to have fobbed those off on Papa, who doesn't know how to deal with glue or doesn't seem to know what glue is. And we have a I mean, weird uh, dinosaur skeleton with what appears to be four hind legs. I mean, in the case of the skeleton, I think we can blame Papa Bear for the okay. problems with that, that, that one. That's fair enough. It doesn't seem to have come with any sort of instruction sheet. Uh, Papa just has dug the bones out of the box and is attempting to, I don't know, adhere them to himself because he has glue all over his face. Is this, a kind of, this is model glue, too, so... <laughs> right, right, right. So what we're, what we're gathering is that a brother's, brother's love of dinosaurs is starting to impact the bear family themselves. They, uh, but not in like any kind of unavoidable way. Like, right. They, I mean, Papa Bear volunteered to put the skeleton together. The right. It's, it's just basically saying like, oh, a, 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 an adult model kit of a dinosaur skeleton might be a little difficult for a child to put together. Like, 
which is true. Like that's a that's a that's a tough thing, but it it just snowballs from there because on the next page you see brother enthusiastically discussing dinosaurs and the parents the family's just done. They're done with him. He's trying to teach them about the Dimetrodon. He's trying to teach them about the Brontosaurus and they are not having it. The family's not having it. He's got a library, an entire books on single dinosaurs. He's got like academic books on the Stegosaurus, the Triceratops, the Ichthyosaurus. That's a massive book just about the Ichthyosaurus. Yeah. And it- I, Ichthyosaurus is pretty interesting. <laughs> it's like a dolphin, but not. <laughs> That can be the tagline of the book. This picture. (laughs) This is my childhood. Oh, gosh. This is still basically my adulthood. Uh, (laughs) I love the medieval weaver and gargoyle-looking pterosaurs. And the uh, quote-unquote brontosaurus that looks like it's ready to smash a Dimetrodon into the ground. Maybe it's a perspective, but that is a huge Dimetrodon. Yeah. I'm guessing that's perspective. Or a very small brontosaurus. Also possible. Now, the brontosaurus was one of, like, the main dinosaurs when I was a kid. Like, you had Tyrannosaurus, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, brontosaurus. And we were having having none of this apatosaurus stuff. Like, we heard the idea and rejected it. I I was the little pedantic kid who was like, no, no, it's Apatosaurus. Oh, no, we rejected it outright. We knew it, and we were like, (laughs) "Mm, we didn't like the name as much. Like, it just didn't sound as, like, cool to us. I mean, Brontosaurus is a cooler name. That's a great name. But we we have Brontomurus now. Oh. Which, honestly, to me, that sounds cooler uh, until you you look up what it actually means. And it's pretty much literally Thunderbutt. Thunderbutt? Or Thunder Thighs. That's adorable. So we're at the middle of the book, and this is probably my favorite illustration that is in the front cover, because I can't say that this has never happened to me. Papa Bear has sat on a Stegosaurus toy. And? This this, this is the most accurate illustration in the book. <laughs> Spikes right in the butt. I'm fascinated by the fact that he seems to own a Stegosaurus toy that's laying down. I was yeah. just noticing that. Huh. Yeah. The stegosaurus is in like a in like repose. Or that's a very plush couch and the right. legs are kind of <laughs> sunk in. And no, cuz the 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 they're they're definitely like curled up by the body. Oh yeah. Yeah. Part of your like resting dinosaur collection. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would buy every toy in this book if I found right. it. Right. Oh, oh no, absolutely. no, definitely. Definitely. There were so many dinosaurs in the cub's room that there was hardly any room left for sister. Yeah, poor sister. She's jumping mad. She's literally jumping up in the air and shaking her fists and screaming at all the dinosaurs. They're all looking at her, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <they're... laughs> and I, I still think that one right in front of her is trying to box her or something. I... Now, we were arguing oh, I... about that before the show. Is that a tail tip or is that a fist? Or is it sh- yeah? Is it shaking its hand, or is or, or are we to believe that when Brother Bear is not in the room, the dinosaur models gain sentience? I want that book now, please. I know. And they're not they're not scaring the sister; they're just ticking her off. I, I have to I have to point out that I appreciate that because <laughs> it, it would be so easy to do the oh yeah, absolutely, dinosaurs are for boys, and girls are afraid of them. But that's not the case here, and I don't think Stan and Jan would quite... I mean, they do keep dinosaurs as 
somewhat brother's interest, but mm-hmm. but they don't ever come right out and say like it's just a like it's just a boys. Like they're pretty fair when it comes to stuff like that. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and just believe that because it was their son who was interested oh, yeah. in it, they wanted to keep it to the to brother bear. But yeah, and then he puts clay dinosaurs in the fridge. Yeah, and that's that's the one that I really like the original cartoon version better. And what is the original cartoon version? So, so the original cartoon version, it's pretty much the exact same scene, same same description that he's putting them in there to keep them from becoming soft. Yeah. Um, but instead of dinosaurs, they're these weird Jim Henson monsters. I would almost call them Dungeons and Dragons monsters. That too. It seems like one of them has gone into Mama Bear's fridge as well. There's a creature that kind of has the face of a triceratops with the horns and the long, and long, long neck. neck with a frill. <laughs> they're sticking out so far. They had to have been smashed by that door oh, a few yeah. times. Oh yeah, I mean, or they're alive. Like this, right? Or they're seems alive. The more likely theory. The more we go through this, from this the look, from, from the look on that green, long-necked, sad thing's face. Maybe brother was aware that the dinosaurs were coming alive and sticking him in the fridge to try to like slow them down. This is actually making this book make so much more sense than it does. Like this isn't the case of a kid. Well, it isn't the case of a kid who's obsessed with dinosaurs. It's a case of a kid who dabbled in something he should not have, (laughs) and now he's just trying to shut that gate again. Because on the (laughs) next page, we see Uh, them haunting him. Maybe maybe those weren't just books on dinosaurs he was checking out from the library. The Necronomicon Exorus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tampered in God's domain. That explains how he's reading a book by the Berenstains. Well, if they created them, they yes. are sort of the old gods of their world. <laughs> okay, so how do the uncomfortably religious books fit into all this? No, that's, no, we'll, that, we'll get to that. that. We'll get that's to that. later days. That's later yeah. days. Well, this this next page where he's having the nightmare about the dinosaurs is another thing that kind of crops back up in later books, which is hmm. kids having nightmares about things which they are interested in. Because in the Berenstain Bears in the Bad Dream, Brother Bear has a nightmare about the toys he's been collecting. It's kind of the same concept, I guess. It's the exact same plot. Exactly. I was yeah. realizing that. <laughs> There's also an implication in that book. That Brother Bear has never had a bad dream before, which is directly contradicted by this book, in which he is definitely having a nightmare. <laughs> Unless this whole book is a nightmare. Well, well, anyway. No. He's being chased by a by a Stegosaurus that's not running. I mean, obviously, it's a nightmare, so it's chasing him on two legs. So, you know, the message being, don't get too caught up in something, or it will haunt your dreams. Real-world Brother Bear seems so much more concerned than Dream Brother Bear. Like, Dream Brother oh, Bear is just a little surprised. And right, right, right. probably move. Oh, hey, there are some dinosaurs chasing me. Oh, I guess I better run. He jumps out of bed, and the dinosaurs the dinosaurs are aware that he got out of bed. Like, they're following him with their eyes. <laughs> this just gets weirder and weirder. So in the next couple of pages, the parents take advantage of Brother's fear to talk him out of his new, of his new interest. He jumps <laughs> into bed with them. He says God, that... This book is so weird. They say he said too much of a good thing and that he should just give up on his dinosaur thing. Stop liking things. Stop liking things, son. <laughs> is is there any Berenstain Bear book that's in favor of liking things? I feel like with this scenario, they've taken something that happened in real life, which worked really mm. well as yeah. single panel comics. It's funny mm-hmm. because it's kind of parents just expressing their exasperation at a thing. 
that, that other parents can relate to. It's the, the whole notion that like, yeah, my kid is just so obsessed with this and I'm getting sick of it. But when you expand it into a children's storybook, it takes on a different tone. And that's the thing. This is, this is absolutely a book from the parents' point of view. Right. This is this is this is not a story about a little boy or bear in getting into a subject and enjoying it and learning more about it. This is a story about your child. Mm-hmm. And no, I am not describing this from Mama's point of view accidentally. Your child being in love and obsessed with something you don't understand. Exactly. It actually makes more sense in the later book. The Baron's Name Bears in the Bad Dream, because Brother Bear is essentially interested in He-Man figures. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes more sense to me because, yeah, you're as a parent, you're like, what? I don't even get this. Like, I don't, I don't, I have no interest in this myself. I have I have no need to, to learn about this. It's annoying that these figures are everywhere. But to me, dinosaurs are such a it's not a fad, it's not a phase. Like, you can actually build a real career around this. Oh yeah. Right. Well, the, the whole book is, my kid is interested in science. How can we stop this? And, and of course, the worst possible thing that, a ch- that could happen in this scenario is he stops being interested in dinosaurs and becomes interested in something even worse. <laughs> Space. <laughs> wow! Oh, man. And the family is so upset again. Exactly. And again, it works as a punchline to a series of comics. Oh, yeah. Because hilarious, your kid is just never going to give up. But as the end of a children's book, it has right. a definite message, which is, this is exasperating. I would have hated this book as a child because yeah. I really, really had a good intuition when it came to, this book is telling me that I shouldn't enjoy things that I enjoy. Right. Like, do you like using your imagination? Don't. <laughs> do you like studying Something that your parents don't quite understand, don't. I'd like to know from both of you, uh, as cartoonists uh, mm. who are fascinated by dinosaurs, uh, what is your impression of the the representation of dinosaurs in this book as compared to how dinosaurs were being presented in the mid-80s in general? Like, is this fairly typical? More typical than I'd want it to be, but not not up to date compared to better kids books of the time. Like it's it's very very 1950s. Mm. It, it's very they're very 1950s monster movie creatures. Yeah. They're very 1950s monster movie creatures. These are not dinosaurs. You could replace these dinosaurs with pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah, like he could be interested in movie monsters. Yes, yeah. and I'm surprised that he's not. Like, if he was buying, like, Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine and Fangoria, <laughs> I guess that'd be a very different book. Except it would be the exact same book. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he could have, like, pictures of, like, Freddy Krueger up on his wall, Pinhead, and, you know, like, Gremlins. Dinosaur, compared to that, Dinosaurs looks very quaint. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm just noticing on the cover, uh, there is way way off to the left side it does kind of look like a some kind of kaiju yeah it's all horns and frills oh that thing with the frill yeah yeah that's that's (laughs) cool i want that toy (laughs) maybe the model shop ran out of actual dinosaurs to sell them so they dug into like the like the the japanese uh film monsters section they're like oh yeah just go into the next aisle 
Uh, there's a few more uh, dinosaurs over there, kid. Or it's the 80s, and uh, for dinosaur movies, you pretty much had the old monster movies from the 50s. You had Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. <laughs> no! No! We... Tom and I talked about that one. I, uh, I saw Baby Secret of the Lost Legend in the theater. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, we all did. Like, everyone. All my friends saw it. It was the it was a dinosaur movie. I was gonna say it was the only dinosaur movie. Yeah, with real moving dinosaurs. We were fascinated by it. It was PG. It had nudity in it because it was the eighties, <laughs> and so when the quote unquote natives showed up, this is a movie that is face meltingly racist. Racist, somewhat scientifically inaccurate. Yeah, a little somewhat. Bit. <laughs> Worst and least family friendly of all had Sean Young in it. <laughs> if that's not enough to keep you away, your kids away from a movie, I don't know what is. Oh, Blade Runner is a great kids movie. Come on, what are you talking and, about? And William Cat. But uh, <sighs> well, what I'll give Berenstain Bears and the Dinosaurs is, if there is something that kids can relate to, it's a fascination with dinosaurs. Yeah, we don't have a problem with the fact that this book is about dinosaurs. We have a yeah. problem with the fact that this book is about why it's bad to be interested in dinosaurs, right. according to yeah. your your in-universe cartoon mom, Mama Bear. Right, and again, I think it's just translation of gag strip into children's book. Because I think if they wrote this book later, if the same story had come up later, if they had more time to devote to it, they probably would have done a better job dealing with this kid's obsession because a great lesson here is you know i mean you can have the lesson of kids there's a lot of things to get obsessed with there are some things that are maybe better than others and dinosaurs is definitely one of those better things to get obsessed with because it's it's a science like it's a legit science or you know if you want to go into art it's also a wonderful thing to do because dinosaurs are a great thing to 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 draw and to uh to learn about uh as, as you guys know, as cartoonists. Yeah, they're fun to draw. So what is it about dinosaurs that you guys find so fascinating as cartoonists? I think part of it's the puzzle. There's, you know, we have skeletons, we have impressions, we have, you know, inferences you can make from, you know, holes in the arms to where feathers grew. And we're now starting to get some color information, but right. so much of it is we know this, this, and this, we know some current animals with these features look like this. So how can you turn this information into something that might have actually lived? Yeah, and for me, it's never it was never that, oh yeah, these are safe monsters in quotes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, these are real life monsters. These are the real dragons. These are blah 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 blah. No. <laughs> For me, these were animals. Really cool animals. I can use my imagination thinking, I wanna draw these as real animals. I, I wanna draw the you know, the courtship rituals, the mothering, herds, just hanging out, lying down, maybe on a couch waiting for a bear to sit in your tail. Well, and, and that's something that even as an adult, maybe even especially as an adult, I've learned hmm. so much more about, you know, living animals from oh, yeah. reading up on dinosaurs and, you know, especially, you know, making the dinosaur bird connection and realizing, oh, this is why birds look the way they do. Hmm. And then taking that backwards and, okay, well, if this is how birds walk, then most likely that's how dinosaurs walk. You know, kind of that back and forth conversation is really fascinating. So obviously this book isn't exactly the best 
introduction to dinosaurs for oh. a child. But do you guys have any recommendations as far as like good books about dinosaurs or featuring dinosaurs for kids? I, I have a show. I, I have the cartoon that I wish existed when I was a child. It's called Dinosaur Train. Um, if you're not already watching it, please start. And I say that to the kids and the adults because, my goodness, it's so great. Good show. And how about you, Talcott? Um, I mean, I would definitely second Dinosaur Train. Also, I really like the new edition of the Golden Book of Dinosaurs that came out a couple of years ago. I can't remember who the author is on it, but um, Louise Ray does Ray. the yeah. yeah does the illustrations. And what I really like on it is they echoed a lot of the stuff from the old 1950s book but updated it it's a good you know kid level book with you know fairly up-to-date dinosaurs you know feathers where feathers should be no sauropods waiting in swamps anything like that another one i actually like which is so the the big dinosaur book i had growing up was the david norman john civic encyclopedia of dinosaurs which is a great book incredibly out of date now but the thing i really liked about it was you'd have these big dinosaur spreads that you could kind of walk through mentally and then turn the page and you start to get, here's the skeleton breakdown, here's the, you know, here's the anatomy, here are some photos of fossils, things like that. And there's um, actually also Ray's the illustrator on that too, I just realized. But um, Tom Holtz has a green dinosaur encyclopedia. I think it's actually just called the Encyclopedia of Dinosaurs. Um, dinosaur Encyclopedia. I'm blanking on the name, but Tom Holtz is the author. And that kind of has the same thing of it's, you know, great illustrations. So if you're just kind of getting into it as a kid, you can flip through, look at the art, and then, you know, nice up-to-date text that as you, the book kind of grows with you as you pay attention to things on there. And that was something I really liked. Yeah, don't be afraid to look in the adult grown-up section of the library, I would say. Well, guys, we're going to have to bring this to a close, I'm sorry to say. Thank you so much for having us. This, yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Where can our listeners find you guys online? Um, well, I really desperately need to update my website, so I'm just going to plug my Twitter account, which is where I'm posting all the comics I make, and it's pretty much my social face which is talcott with an s at the end so t-a-l-c-o-t-t-s i i'm gonna plug my twitter as well that would be at babbletrish b-a-b-b-l-e-t-r-i-s-h wonderful and i know you guys are around quite a bit i i have a book that i need to recommend to the parents out there uh the book is by gerard jones it's called Killing Monsters, and that is an odd title, it, but it is about why you don't need to worry about your kid being obsessed with something you don't understand. I have that book. I've totally read that book. I have totally read that book. It's a fascinating it's, book. It's the most even-handed book I've ever read about the subject. He's a child psychologist, and he also used to do uh, Pokemon translations. So he comes at it from two different directions, like as a person who provided children's entertainment and as someone who knows about kids. Yes, I used to recommend that book to people all the time. That's a great book. Yes, about uh, not worrying too much about what your kids are playing with. And I am going to plug this show. We are at Bstain Bearcast on Twitter. We are at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also reach me at berenstainbearcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot me a message. And uh, please go to iTunes and rate 
and review us. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us a good rating if you like the show. And if you don't like the show, maybe stay off iTunes for a while. Uh, you know, give it a pass uh, until you start having positive thoughts again. Uh, again, I want to thank Talcott and Trish for being on the show. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And for everyone out there, we will see you next time deep in bear country. Thank you.